Hello, retro gamers, and welcome to the Video Game Flashback Podcast. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Video Game Flashback is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is always a pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Well, this is a continuation, part two of Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. And we are going to join that recording, already in progress, right here and right now. Enjoy! Welcome to the Dark World. Well, that's the song you're going to be hearing for a very long time. In fact, anytime you're on the overworld, the rest of the game. With the exception, of course, in the mountain zone, you'll be hearing the dark mist as you guys hear it, with the storm in the background, and in the forest as well, which is like a dark forest, basically. You'll hear that other, more aggressive song, and we'll play that when we get to those levels, because it's a little ways away, obviously. So, (laughs) but uh, very entertaining, obviously part of the game you start off basically at the top of the pyramid and like I said just a few seconds ago you're basically when you hit the map you can see far to the east and kind of in the similar area to where the elder was but not as far to the east and actually quite similar to where the original dungeon was when you got the first pennant of courage is where your first destination is of the you know locations of the seven maidens again like I was saying (laughs) again repeating and all that You'll run into all kinds of, uh, you know, dead ends and such, unfortunately, because you don't have the items, really, that you're going to be accumulating during the course of this major, major, major section of the game, where you go get the Seven Maidens. Of course, every dungeon has a major treasure. Some of them actually have more than one, or you find them throughout the game in other locations. And, of course, now with the mirror, you can uh, transport yourself back to the light world at any time. To get to the dark world, though... There's obviously the options of the castle, you know, like the castle gate as you're heading in towards the castle in the light world, so to speak, uh, the Hyrule Castle, and of course random portals throughout the game, maybe underneath rocks or on the island and such. Um, so those are the random different areas you'll be uh, approaching to get healed. Uh, luckily, or to get healed, to get to the <laughs> to get to the uh, to get to the dark world in locations that you wouldn't be able to reach otherwise. And of course, again, you your maneuver from world to world. Uh, that way with the mirror and potential portals and that's how you can reach certain items that you would not be able to reach otherwise. Like, oh, okay, there's a rock there and there's a ledge. In the other world, there's no ledge. Okay, so I'm in the dark world and apparently there's a ledge there in the light world and ah, there's the heart piece, you know, stuff like that. Um, And we're kind of like where Lake Helia was, that big lake, of course, in the light world. Now, we are, uh, you know, there's a ferry there just like there was in the light world, so that's good as we head closer to the palace, the first palace, the dank dungeon, or whatever you want to call it, Dungeon of Darkness. And it's kind of a confusing sort of maze area, 
leading to that dungeon. Which you'll also be running into a little monkey called Kiki the Monkey as well, who will help guide you through the uh, confusing maze and such. But then again, it's not even him guiding you through the maze. It's, again, a lot of it's fairly self-explanatory, pardon me, where you need to go. But um, you'll be guide, he'll guide you through, or he'll basically help open the door in the first maze because he can get up to a switch that you cannot reach. He says, hi, I'm Kiki the monkey. As you can, this is when you're walking through the maze and you can't see anything. He'll eventually like pop up. Oh, there he is. I love rupees more than anything. That's great. Can you spare me 10 rupees? Then that's why he'll follow you. So he's a greedy little bugger. You get your, you give him the 10 rupees for him to follow you. But then when you get to the door, you got to give him a hundo, unfortunately, to actually have him jump on the switch and open the door so you can get into level Una when it comes to this dark world and all that cool stuff. So there it is. Because you notice, like, where's the door? So if you were to get to that level without Kiki the monkey, you'd be thinking, what the heck is this? This is dumb. But there's a little switch up above to the right of where the door will be. You ask him to open it. You give him a hundo. Well, a hundred rupees anyway. He'll jump up on the gorilla-looking statue on the roof. And kaboom. Jump on the switch. And your way is in open anyway to get into your first palace. And of course, now you'll notice that the uh, music is different, as now these are called the Dark Dungeons, so to speak. So you'll be hearing this song the rest of the way when you go into dungeons all the way up into the, uh, the tower much later in the game. Of these dungeons is quite similar to the you know uh, whatever they like the old lost uh, ruins basically dungeons when you first got the the, the penance and everything the layout's similar you got switches on the ground you got lamps doors blah 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 and the enemies are slightly different you have uh, characters with like it looks like a big green mask on the hammer can be effective against them but you can also just throw uh, like skulls I guess is what these are they're like a pot but it's like a it's a skull I guess here where you can, <clears throat> you can throw it at them and do some damage or get rid of them in one hit, honestly. And then you have little random portals that are, some are gray, which nothing happens. Those are actually where a different portal will transport you to that spot. That's basically what those are. And the golden colored ones that are moving can transport you to another place in the dungeon, which is what you often see. Uh, you'll see one pretty early on. And you work your way towards getting your keys and all that other stuff. Um, it's confusing at first, but really not too complicated. And of course, walkthroughs and guides are available all throughout the internet if you need help. Now you get to see some more similar monsters to Zelda 1 that obviously look different in their 16-bit uh, <laughs> incarnation, so to speak. Like the bubbles from Zelda 1 that in that game, they prevent you from using your sword for a little while. And then in the second quest, the red ones would have you not be able to use your sword whatsoever until you bump into a blue one. Because they were the uh, ones in the first quest were flashing red and blue. So it's like it disables you for a little bit, and then it comes back. In this game, it obviously, uh, this game, it damages your... 
power, so to speak, your hearts, whatever, your life, as they call it, and it sucks the magic away. So try to avoid those sons of biscuits as best possible. And now you get some new monsters that are going to bother you the rest of the game. Uh, these blue-looking, they're kind of like floating jellyfish or floating blobs, whatever you want to call them. And when they flash, they're electric. So if you hit them, you get damaged and don't damage them. That's the fun part of it all. Uh, oftentimes, they'll drop those little magic bottles or what the heck else, you know, hearts and rupees and stuff. Uh, the red ones, you can, you know, once you hit them, they're gone in one hit. Uh, the blue ones anyway. I hope that's what I just said. The red ones, if you hit, they split into two and they do all the same crap and they're harder to hit because they're smaller. So it's really annoying where, of course, they're flashing. You get damaged and you don't damage them. You know, that thing. You get hurt, they don't. Yeah, that type of thing, which is super irritating, but welcome to The Legend of Zelda, right? <laughs> that's pretty much what happens. Another new character, which you also see in uh, Link's Awakening, but of course that game is slightly newer, is one that mimics you. Um, they're the green ones just kind of mimic you, and you can uh, either use a sword or a bow and arrow. I often recommend bow and arrow for that. But the red ones, when they face you, as they're mimicking, uh, mimicking you, they fire, they shoot fireballs at you, or fire whatever the heck it would be, tongues of fire at you. So it's kind of annoying, but it's a new character, so something to talk about. The red ones are very annoying. You basically fire an arrow real quickly when they're not lined up to you, and you kind of walk in the, uh, the direction. So basically, if you're kind of parallel to each other and you walk up, he'll walk down, that kind of thing. So you kind of shoot in the general area. You walk up, he'll walk down. Like, say you're on the left side of the room and he's on the right, and you'll hit him and kill him, whatever. It takes a few arrows, though, unfortunately. And, yep, you will see the red one for the first time right away. Same stupid nonsense. And, of course, when they're flashing, they damage you and they run into you. They damage you and they damage you and they damage you and they damage you. They're annoying characters that will plague you the rest of the game. And as you get further into the level, you start seeing little mole-type creatures that are kind of blocking your path. In, uh, you know, they're basically in blocks, blocking your path, if that makes sense. That's where the hammer comes in handy. Because, yeah, that's the first uh, treasure in this uh, dark world, so to speak, and in this first palace, is the hammer. So you literally whack a mole <laughs> to get by in that case. And they'll stay flattened, basically, until you walk out of the screen. When you walk uh, walk out and walk back in, they respawn back to being annoying little turds. They don't damage you or anything, they're just annoying. That's basically the whole purpose, to be in the way. Of course, you're f if you're fully powered up, the... Uh, the Master Sword being able to shoot out basically a, whatever the heck it is, a whirling blade type of effect, I'll call it, uh, can damage those annoying electric characters without having to worry about if they're flashing or not. So there's a positive with that at the very least if you're powered up. And then you see more similar characters to Zelda 1 where they're kind of like, they look kind of like a statue or something, you know, like in Zelda 1 in the Labyrinth where they shoot fireballs at you. So... It's a lot of fun. At least I think it's a fireball. Yes, it gets protected from the uh, red shield. Just wanted to make absolute sure before I give you false information. We don't want to have fake news on this show now, do we? And now you get another monster. They, they kind of look like a turtle, like maybe almost like uh, Super Mario Beetles or whatever the heck. It looks almost like a mix, but you can do no damage to them unless you have the hammer. What happens is you hit the hammer down close to them they flip over and then you can kill them with the sword they're basically like an indestructible turtle type of character until you tip them over basically and now you also get into uh, another thing you're going to run into several times in this game 
is arrows, basically where you don't, yeah, you jump. This is this is in Zelda before you get the rock's feather. Like you get the rock's feather, which is like a rooster or whatever. In uh, but it's a feather in Zelda: Link's Awakening, where you can jump over, you know, divides, whatever, pits, divides, whatever the heck you call it. Um, and this one, when there's an arrow, you just walk forward and Link jumps. So that's what that is. But that's only when there's an arrow. So that's another interesting feature in this game that's, you know, new to the past anyway. Now you have your first ever situation as well in this level where there's a crystal type, you know, switch basically that you can't reach by just walking up to it. Uh, so obviously you could throw the skull. If you there's a skull, you could throw it at it. You know, and then uh, shoot an arrow, and later on in the game, the hook shot, and of course you can use the boomerang. So it's pretty simple, pretty simple. Uh, it's not that complicated. There's a lot of different avenues to go. Of course, again, if there's no arrow, you'll just fall, which I stupidly forgot just now. That was real smart, but <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes. Another place you run into a situation where it's the first time you step on a switch and. When you walk off of it, uh-oh, there's nothing left. Or what I mean to say is, of course, you'll notice, like, what the heck? You walk off the switch, the door closes, and then you see a bunch of statues nearby. What do you think? So, as my brother used to call it, easy role-playing. Yeah, there's a stat. One of the statues moved. You just push it to the switch. Pretty simple stuff. Again, the stupid red characters, try to avoid facing them, especially when you're using a weapon like an arrow. That's when they will shoot that fire at you, and it's a pain in the butt. And another new thing in this, uh, for the first time, you'll get another one of those statues with the eye. There's like, there's tons of them throughout the game. Some of them are orange or green or whatever the heck, or brownish. Well, there's a situation where you come up to a dead end and there's a big statue with an eye. What do you think you do? Fire an arrow at the eye. Guess what? A passage opens. Like the wall starts moving. Pretty intense stuff. Unfortunately, if you don't have the hammer yet, though, it's just a worthless dead end for now. Of course, that will change later. And you get those annoying moving, spiking type things that are also in Zelda 1. And the red things, uh, the red, like, crystal, turtle octopus, whatever the heck they are type things that you can knock off the edge. The red ones do eventually die. It just takes, like, a million hits, though. Well, maybe, like, ten or something where the, the blue ones don't take as nearly as much. And, of course, as you power up the sword further in the game, it takes less and less damage. Simple concept. And you'll also notice in this level, for the first time, you can actually bomb the floor as well. There's like a ledge where you can tell clearly there's a floor beneath, and there's a cracked part of the floor. Just bomb it and go down. Simple stuff, eh? And, of course, when you do that and you're on the ledge, go upstairs first rather than jumping down to get like what looks like a treasure area. Go up first. Don't make the mistake that I might have made. I almost made it to get the big key. Because there you go. Now you can finally get the hammer whenever you find the darn thing anyway. Which isn't too far away. You also get your first ever section where you have to really dash. Because the floor kind of crumbles behind you. And you also notice the large, large treasure chest uh, to the left of you. That is, of course, where the hammer is. After working your way through the dark room and all that stuff. You eventually get a key. And you also find a bombable wall. And that leads you to the, your hammer. As long as you have, the, as long as you have the big key and all that to begin with, you can finally pound stuff into the ground and whack a mole, as they say. Those those weird like purple stakes or bluish purple stakes that you see, that block your way uh, fairly early when you first get to the dark world. Yep, that's what that's where the hammer comes in handy. So definitely can open uh, open things up for you as you move forward in the game now. 
And now you can work your way back to where that green statue with the eye was, where you opened the actual, you know, the pathway. You opened the pathway by having the wall move and all that stuff. Now you can finally have access to get to where you need to go because you have the hammer. It's hammer time, right? Order in the court, you stupid moles. Get out of my way. Okay, sorry. I, I had to say that. Yup. Kaboom, kaboom. Nananaboober, you little whatever you are. Then you get those weird turtle thingy bobbies. I swear, there's like a Mario Brothers complex with those, because when you knock them over and they get back up, so you don't wipe them out before that, they get faster, interestingly. So that's kind of like Mario Brothers. And eventually you finally work yourself to a warp or whatever the heck you want to call it, a portal, that will finally take you to the absolute final area that's kind of closed in, so to speak. You walked around and collect, picked up rupees just a few minutes ago. You're able to get there, and then you can finally get to the actual boss and kick some butt. Basically, it's a big, big, giant uh, big, big, giant version of those little guys at the beginning with the green mask on. This one's got a blue mask. So, yeah, you just hammer away at the mask, basically, until it comes off, and then he becomes more vulnerable to your sword. Otherwise, that uh, big mask is a big, giant shield. Cool part is it breaks apart, which has a nice, you know, effect, considering it's a 16-bit game rather than 8-bit, you know, because, you know, 8-bit was just so bad, right? No, actually, I loved it. We've graduated to 16-bit, at least for this episode, temporarily. Unfortunately, he also gets extremely fast once his mask comes off, so big shocker. He's a lot harder, he's more agitated, and all that good stuff. So basically what you'd expect in a fight, in general. And adios to amigo he goes, enjoy the firework display, which is basically what happens when you beat bosses in this game. Becomes a big fireworks display, you get your, uh, you know, your full heart container, doggone it. Hopefully you're quick enough and catch the crystal, but you don't have to. It's just got that kind of a feel, complete vibe. Of course, I missed because I was busy concentrating on the show, which is more important anyway, right? Right? Well, I hope so. So you collect your first maiden, and it's the happiest feeling in the world. They all kind of sort of look alike. This one has green hair. I guess that's, I guess that's typical of today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Link, because of you, I can escape from the clutches of the evil monsters. Thank you. This world used to be the golden land where the Triforce was hidden. Yep. But because Ganon, see, they already tell you who Ganon is, but we don't realize that Ganon and Agnam are the same person. Uh, yeah, that guy. Um, but because Ganon, the boss of thieves, wished it, the world was transformed. So he wished, basically, for the Dark World. I'm sure he's intending to conquer even our Light World after building his power here. Well, of course he is. He's trying to open a larger gate between the worlds near the castle using our powers, but the gate is not open completely yet. If we seven maidens come together, we can break the barrier around Ganon's hiding place. I will tell you where the other girls are held. Yep, see, now you can see where all the others are. I believe we will destroy Ganon. I will return to my original form at that time. So they're stuck in their crystal ca captivity, basically, type thing. Yeah, that thing. You know, the thing. Oh, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you understand? I hope so. I don't want to start all over from scratch. And then you'll see this after every time you beat the uh, bosses. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Congratulations. You go back outside, you open the map with the X button, and you'll notice there are crystal-type thingies in every, uh, well, yeah, up uh, two to seven, basically. Level two is down in the very southern area, the south-central, not Los Angeles. I hope it's not south-central Los Angeles, but it's a very swampy area, and uh, this is the first time when you really start using the two different worlds, other than Spectacle Rock, anyway. 
uh, at the beginning when you get to the Tower of Hera. Um, but yeah, use the the ability to go through both worlds to basically get in the level in the first place. Level 2 is in the swamp. Level 3 is in the forest, that dark forest, which is actually a really cool level. Level 4, once you get the Titan's Mitt, the game really opens up. But uh, the hammer opens things up as well, because without the hammer, you're pretty much stuck at the big giant pyramid, which is uh, the, where the where the end of the game actually is. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Most of you probably know that already, I hope. Um, and then, of course, that first level with the kind of hanging gardens, hanging whatever the heck it is, maze, basically, to, to the first dungeon. Level four is actually in a beat-up, broken-down village, uh, which is, you know, par a parallel universe to the, you know, the uh, current village in the light world. Level five is in, a, in a, is a very icy stage. It's in the middle of a, well, you know, the other version of Lake Hillia, like Dark Lake or whatever they call it. Lake six is extremely swampy. Level two is swampy-ish, kind of mar more like a marsh, if anything, in the south central part. Level six is extremely swampy, uh, swampy area, and it's kind of cool. And level seven, big surprise of the decade, is way up in the mountain range. And technically level eight, even though it's not level eight, that's how you get in with the uh, the seven maidens working with you to break the seal in the, uh, the north central part of the uh, big giant mountain range. That's basically Ganon's tower when you get in there. So very, very fun and very large level where you're kind of fighting all the different bosses over again. Sounds familiar to many other video games, how they do that. So let's start marching towards the south, eh? Of course, before you try to start on the next level, make sure you have all your medicine and all that stuff, and uh, maybe uh, see if there's some new items in the, uh, the shops and all that. And also, why the heck not? Build up some money, too. You know, just why not? You don't have to go all the way up to 999, because that kind of takes the fun out of it, but maybe get up to 600 or something in that southwestern-ish area where that little thieves' uh, cave is, or not cave, but like underground area. You pick up the rock. Remember what I talked about earlier? where you can get five rupees over and over and over and over uh, to a tune of 50 over and over and over, and you end up feeling pretty cool about that in the end of the day. Honestly, it's also good to kind of go in the building where, you know, the Elder is, but of course in the Dark World. There's a building in the same same type, same exact type of building there. You'll see a tree-like creature. Obviously, that was a person before. You talk to him, you say, he says, you're new here? Uh, you're new here, aren't you? Did you come here looking for the power of gold? Well, you're too late. It will only obey the first person who touches it. The man who last claimed the power of gold wished for this world. It reflects his heart. Yes, I came here because of greed for the golden power, and look what happened to me. Yep, he's like a little chia pet or a tree or whatever. <laughs> to restore the golden land, a person worthy of the golden power must defeat the man who created this place. Until that time, I'm stuck in this bizarre shape. But what a mischievous thing to leave laying around. The power of gold. Triforce. 
Well, I'm going to try force, all right. Yep, uh, you can bomb behind him just like you could with the Elder. And guess what? You can get unlimited hearts this way. Well, you can fill up your power. You can walk out, because I was almost dying, honestly. Walk out, walk back in. There, uh, rinse and repeat until you're full. So another uh, helpful tip when you're in this part of the world, especially because, you know, maybe your, your stamina is not so great right now. Your defense isn't so great. You still got just the green tunic or armor or whatever you call it. And, and I don't know, the monsters are kind of annoying jumping around like crazy in this area. So, you know, and uh, then you get the big giant uh, Cyclops characters that throw bombs. They're very susceptible to bombs. So if you're quick enough, you can catch the bombs they throw at you. Otherwise, you can land a bomb, uh, land a bomb right next to them. And, you know, they're more susceptible to that than in your sword. But, oh, well, you know, oftentimes you find yourself using the sword because because you just do. <laughs> You also get pig-like warriors for the first time, which are spear, uh, which carry spears, basically. Something I didn't mention earlier, but, you know, you're going to hear about all the different kind of monsters here and there. I may even skip over a few. It's not essential that you know what they are, and, of course, you can see them in player's guides throughout the Internet. But what the heck, I can describe certain ones as I get to them, especially some that are really annoying or just interesting, I guess. So we might as well do a couple errands first. Why the heck not? You can actually get the third bottle uh, in, in the same village also as well. So that's important. Kakariko Village, to be exact. <laughs> I often have a hard time in the past uh, remembering how to pronounce that one. But yeah, Lake Hillia, that's of course where you got it under the bridge. The water was under the bridge, and so was a bottle with your with a friend, I guess, who knows you a little bit. Um, so let's go get that. You can also get the shovel, which you only have temporarily to find the ocarina. So this is where you first get an ocarina instead of, say, a whistle in Zelda uh, 1. Uh, which, uh, of course, brings a little tornado to transport you from dungeon to dungeon to dungeon to dungeon uh, that you've already beaten. But again, saves you time, potentially, to take you to certain parts of Hyrule that you, you know, are, that you don't really necessarily want to have to walk all the way to if it's far away. Again, if you're in the general area of the, well, what, like, usually if you're around the pyramid or the first level, maybe you get a little ways away from the first level first, kind of working your way kind of towards the pyramid in a sense, if you want to, if you want or need to get medicine, and might as well drop off the magic mushroom as well. Use the magic mirror. Now you're back in the light world. Now you'll notice that it leaves kind of a portal-looking thing, like starry-looking thing. That'll transfer you right back where you were in the dark world. So leave that there. Come back shortly. So just kind of work your way to the medicine hut and all that stuff. You can give the witch the, uh, the mushroom, and you'll get the magic powder really shortly after that. Just screw around a little bit. And, of course, replenish your medicine and all that. Maybe we could have gotten the bottle first. I don't know. We can always backtrack. Who cares? It is what it is. Uh, you know, so do it either way you want, honestly. But honestly, for now, we're going to be in the light world for a little bit, because let's just take care of a couple errands before we head to that next level. Like, why the heck not? Get some, get the ocarina and all that, and the other bottle, obviously, the, the third bottle. Fourth bottle is a long ways uh, into the game, but at least when you first get to that, uh, you get to that village of outcasts. That's when you can eventually get the bottle because it's the treasure chest that won't open it's like a blue treasure chest that follows you because apparently the key was locked inside according to the storyline interesting and it even tells you as well when you find it and as you're kind of working your way to kakariko village basically <laughs> there's a uh, another thing you can do there's uh again you're kind of about midway there kind of like a grove area i guess you could say that's close to fairly close to your house just a tiny bit south of the castle 
there's uh, an area where there's like some of those small rocks all stacked together. Basically, it's like five of the smaller rocks stacked together. You can dash into it and then you get to go down into underground basically and there's fairies. There's other uh, sections like this in the game that are similar where there's a bunch of rocks like that. You can actually smash them by dashing into them. So make note of that, of course. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. And you'll notice the cute town music is gone now. It's weird. And there's soldiers everywhere. So it's a little different vibe. You'll find a, I guess it's like a shed, say, in the south. It's kind of southeastern-ish part of the main part of the village. Not like down below where the library is and such, where you knock the shelves, you know, not knock, hit the shelf or whatever, and the book fell off. This one is, uh, yeah, it's a little bit north of there. You'll notice there's no door to it. So bomb it. If you can't open it, bomb it, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool if you could do that in real life? So in here, there's rats, which is really annoying. Gross. Little rats and all that stuff. Just like when you're in the sewer. But there's a million little pots you can pick up. And it's not that interesting, I guess. Just a couple bombs, arrows. And like you get like three rupees or something. But yeah, bombs and arrows, a little bit of that. Woohoo. But the cool part is it's unlimited. You go back in, back out, back in, back out. Whenever there's pots, you pick stuff off of pots. Whenever you walk out, it renews. Also, in dungeons... So, like, say there's a bunch of hearts kind of near the entrance or just in general, like, you already used them up, and you're right by the entrance and leaving doesn't hurt anything, you can go back out and go back in, and all of those hearts that were available to you in certain areas, I actually did that in the last level, um, all those hearts that are available to you will be back again that you've used up or whatever. So, kind of cool to think about right there. Then you eventually find the bar kind of, well, yeah, I guess it's on the east eastern part of the main part of the village, you could say. You'll notice there's a bit of an opening in the back. You can actually walk in there. So there were times back in the day I didn't think about that. So you can go in the back door of the bar. It's not like there's a bartender or anything and there's a treasure chest. And there is your bottle. Technically, that should have been just the second or first bottle because we were there earlier. There's nothing special you needed to even get in the door, but uh, old forgetful, right? <laughs> so it's just one of those things. Now let's go talk to the old man in the front of the bar who's missing his son who happens to be that ghostly character who is uh, playing the ocarina or flute in the grove a little bit southeast of where we're at. There's an old man, kind of depressed looking, right by the front entrance on a green carpet, basically. Mumble, mumble, my son really liked to play the flute, but he went to look for the golden power. Uh-huh, that's what happens, see? That's why he's like a ghost here and like a tree-shaped thingy in the uh, other part. But you can't get to the real guy immediately. Actually, we will very shortly. Um, went looking for the golden power and has not yet returned. I wonder where he is and what he is doing now. Zzz. So, <laughs> let's go find out. Unfortunately, you have to do that in the dark world, so we'll get to that shortly. You'll also notice a little bit outside of the village, there's a house kind of all by itself. Basically, just east of the village. House all by itself. That is the blacksmith's house, where eventually you can temper your sword, but you have to find the other... Uh, little elf or whatever he is first. Yeah, he says, if my lost partner returns, we can temper your sword. But now, I can't do anything for you. Yep, he's all by himself. Unfortunately, you need the Titan's Mitt to find him. And he's actually right around the same area in the, you know, in the, <clears throat> in the dark world. So, unfortunately, we can't get to him yet. You need the Titan's Mitt in order to get to the area to pick up the big skulls. But, in the same area, right outside the blacksmith's, You'll notice there is a cave and a, you know, like a pit type of thing that you can jump into. So, but we couldn't get to it before because we didn't have the hammer. I pound the stake into the ground, jump over, and down below, let's get stuff. Let's get stuff. <laughs> At least I hope there's stuff, right? 
Okay, yeah, this is not helpful yet. <laughs> I forgot. This is the mad mad batter, they call him. Um, <laughs> you have to have the uh, the powder. And he actually uh, happens your magic use, which is really good. He talks like he's punishing you, but he's actually helping you because you woke him up from a deep sleep, so to speak. Maybe he was like out forever, basically, or something. So you wake him up with the magic powder by sprinkling the powder on the altar, so to speak. And then your magic power is literally doubled. Like, it doesn't get used up as fast, basically half as fast, which is really good. But that's something we have to come back to once we actually have the freaking magic powder. Sorry. But since we're going back to the medicine hut anyway to fill up that new bottle, what the heck, let's get the magic powder that way. So simple, simple stuff right there. You walk inside the hut and there's your magic powder sitting right next to the little assistant, whatever. You got the magic power, powder, power, whatever the heck it is. And yes, that does use up your magic power, your magic meter, so to speak. And now we got our red bottle and all that cute stuff. We filled it up. So let's rock and roll. All right, let's be goofy since we're right next to it. Let's pull out the magic powder, you know, like equip it, so to speak, on your Y button and sprinkle it on that weird looking gummy cactus thing. See what happens. Turns into like a potato head, I guess. Tra-la-la, look for Sarah. <laughs> Saharaslala, whatever. You know, that's the elder. That's cute. Oh, yeah, you found him, basically. Good job, Lala. Oh, weird. I remember him saying Heymon and all that stuff. Maybe that's in the Game Boy version, or that's before that. Weird. Game Boy version is in uh, Link's Awakening. Sorry. Yeah, because there's a lot of similarities between this game and that game, including those weird characters within. You can sprinkle magic powder and all that stuff. So I got back to the magic portal now. So let's back, go back into the dark world, head to the south a bit. And you can kind of head towards where the forest is in the dark world. Again, it's parallel. You smack those purplish, bluish, violet, whatever the heck, lilac actually colored stakes. And in your, well, in this version, this parallel universe, dark world, whatever, where Link's house is, you can go inside. It's a bomb shop. Much, much later in the game, you can get the super bomb. Otherwise, you can get 30 bombs for 100 rupees, which is really effective. Unfortunately, at this stage right now, at least where I'm at, until you get to another one of those waterfall of wishing things, which is actually quite easy to do once you get the flippers, uh, you can uh, carry more bombs and arrows as you continue to quote-unquote donate money, basically. Uh, so, interesting way to go there. But let's head towards that forest or the haunted grove, basically. But in the dark world, it's its own thing. And that's where you'll find that boy with the flute. And we'll talk to him very shortly here as we keep heading towards the west. You'll also notice as you head in that direction that there's some trees with eyes. You can bump into them. They'll throw out a bomb. Some of them are nice, some are not. One says, wow, I haven't seen a normal person in a few hundred years. So that tells you how long Ganon's been at this. Wow, that's kind of crazy. That's a long time. Uh, let me talk to you for a while. I once lived in the Lost Woods until the day I wandered into a magic transporter. Yeah, there is a magic transporter above the village once you, yeah, you can pick up the rocks and stuff. So that's a hint, actually. The power of the dark world quickly turned me into this tree shape. So it's literally a tree with eyes. I guess the two forests are connected with each other. Yes, they are. You go to the one beneath and it's a crabby one. Yep, you bump him and oftentimes you'll hear this. Quit bothering me and watch where you're going when you patch when you dash around. So, yes, yes, sorry, sorry, dude, dude. Quit bothering me, you son of a biscuit. Well, sorry. So now you kind of cut your way into the village and all that stuff with these lilac-colored uh, bushes. They're lilac-colored in this uh, dark world, so to say, green. And the other one, and you'll see a little 
thing. Look, he looks like an anteater sitting on a stump, basically, and that's the boy with the flute. After wandering into this world, I turned into this shape. So he's in the exact spot where he'd be whistling. Again, he must have went in that uh, portal in the forest, like north of the, the village, of course. Again, yeah, we can go there fairly soon also if you want, and you can go into the, the forest level and even into the uh, village of Outcast. There's a level in there, which is very interesting. Like, anyhow, after wandering into this world, I turned into this shape. I enjoyed playing the flute in the original world. There was a small grove, well, which is right where you are. <laughs> many animals gathered, um, where many animals gathered. I want to see that place again. I buried my flute there with some flower seeds. Yep. Will you try to find it for me? Yes, I will. Then I will lend you my shovel. Good luck. Cool. So you borrowed the shovel. See so yeah, how you get the shovel from him. You can dig in any places. You'll never know what you'll find. So what you do, you just use the mirror right where you're standing. Because now you're in the, you know, regular haunted grove. And there's the little ghostly guy and all the animals run away because you're close by. And he looks kind of like Link, actually, doesn't he? But, yeah. So you want to kind of go to the western area of the grove and just kind of dig away where, the, where some flowers are. There's your flute. Bada bing, bada boom. It's northeast, uh, northwestern. Oh, here it is, the flute. Its music surely has some mysterious power. Apparently it does. So now you go back to the little portal you created. Once you use the mirror, you're standing right in front of him again. And there he is. Thank you, Link. But it looks like I can't play the flute anymore. Please take it. If by chance you go to the village I lived in, please give it to my to a tired old man you will see. You will find there. And that's the guy you know that we just talked to a minute ago in the, the front of the bar. Well, uh, well, my mind is getting hazy. Please let me hear the sound of that flute one last time. This is a very sad scene, but luckily when you win the game, all is well. He comes back and all that stuff, but here we go. I turned the volume up so you can hear it. <laughs> And now he basically, like, kind of turned into part of the tree, which is sad. So it's like he's kind of sort of dead right now. Kind of, sort of, or like dormant, you can say. So, kind of is what it is. Hopefully you can hear the flute a little bit. I'm sure you could. Apologize for the uh, gorilla audiology, you could call it. Let's go to the, um, let's go, let's use the mirror one more time. That way we can go into the light world village and then talk to the old man. And for the record, that bar or pub or whatever the heck it is is actually pretty close once you start to enter the actual main part of the village, the downtown, so to speak. There he is. This is a snore. So what you do is you walk up and equip the flute, press the flute button, mumble, mumble. Oh, is this my son's flute? This is my son's flute. Did you meet my son? Where is he? Is he all right? Oh, I see. Well, I can tell what you want to say by the look in your eyes. So, like, it's not looking good, eh? Yep. Would you keep the flute? Yeah, because you press, you know, you keep talking to him. You have to press it yourself. Would you keep the flute and will you play its sweet melody for the bird in the village square? I beg of you, please. My son would probably want it this way. But still, I wish I could see him once more. And you will. You will. So the next thing you do is, yep, so you go to the center-ish area, kind of the town square, so to speak. And you'll notice it's like, you know, north, south, east, west, basically, with a rooster-looking bird in the front, or, you know, on, the, on top, anyway. You play the flute. And, yeah, the flute is playing, and it's cute and wonderful. And as you're waiting for that, 
Eventually it's done playing. The thing breaks apart and there's like a duck basically, a, a white duck. And now you can actually see the, the end for north because it was, it was kind of out of the way. So play the flute again. And then the duck will pick you up and you get a, you can have, you have an opportunity to select uh, seven possible or eight possible destinations it can fly you to. So it can save you a ton of time in the light world. And six and eight actually can be crucial to taking you to the levels in those areas. Eight will take you to potentially level five. Six can take you in the area of level uh, six. In so like six can take you to six basically. In uh, <laughs> in um, you know the the dark world, it can take you to the portals basically. There's like portals in that area, but you know so we'll get there when we'll cross that bridge when we need to. Now we have the Oak Arena, and we can move around quickly. So, like, number two can take you right to the Medicine Hut right away, so you don't have to walk around forever anymore. Four can take you to your house. Seven takes you to, actually, the next uh, level area. So that's pretty much our next destination. Uh, one takes you to the mountain area, so on and so forth. Um, three takes you right where we are right now in the village. So pretty cool. Five is kind of like in a, you know, it's in the eastern area. Um, that one has some value as well to get some items later on. So for now, let's uh, work our way towards level two finally. Sorry that took so long, but it's, it is what it is. We had to take a couple errands first, right? So basically, just play your little flute or ocarina or whatever that is. I guess it's his fruit here. I think it's on the a link to the path, uh, links awaiting that they finally actually call it ocarina. I mean, it's back then I was like it's a ocarina or ocarina or something. I couldn't pronounce anything right. I don't know. Half the time I still can't. Like Agnagumga, whatever his name is. Yeah, you know the guy who's actually Ganon but pretending to be a sorcerer. So you get to level two. You get to like a. A, a small building that looks kind of like a labyrinth or whatever the heck it is, like underground, kind of like something that leads to the underground, around kind of like a little shallow water, swampy area. You walk in, the first thing you see is a treasure chest, push the th stuff out of the way, basically the two things forward and then the front thing out of the way. Now you go back out, it's just some bombs, whatever, and that's great. You go back in, I don't even know why I'm... Uh, but yeah, now you just push the center one and blah, blah, blah. I think most people can figure that out already. You can tell this is a dam. So damn it anyway. Pull one of the levers. Pull the one that's on the right, if I remember correctly. And of course, I got hit by one of those stupid bubbles or skulls that float around and steal your magic and hurt you. So now you notice the water is flowing out. So yeah, what you do is you go outside. Well, gosh darn it, look at that. There's a heart container, and the water's shallow and stuff. You can even uh, grab one of the fishes that's flopping around and take him, to, take him north a little bit to the lake, and he'll thank you very, very much. So that's always a very cool thing. Unfortunately, though, we're, uh, yeah, this is where I kind of screwed up in a little way. I, you actually want to be in the dark world when you're, <laughs> you want to be in the dark world, you get to the same spot, use the mirror, 
and uh, then change the water. So let's do that again. You'll probably run into a similar situation. Your safest route is probably to warp back to your house with the uh, the whistle, the flute, whatever. You know, the, the duck will take you there. Back to your house. You can fill up any hearts that are maybe hurt or, you know, that are missing, whatever. And then just kind of storm yourself to the castle gate, which will then, of course, uh, warp you to the dark world. Then you just go straight south, basically, to the same place we were in the light world. So, again, it's all parallel universes and all that cute stuff. So, instead of, again, entering the castle yard, whatever, now you're in front of the pyramid area, blah, blah, blah. Head south to where we were. Uh, and we'll probably have to rinse and repeat what we just did, but oh well. Also, as you're kind of near the Lake Hylia area, but in the dark world, you'll notice there's a uh, flower that kind of sticks its tongue out, kind of like a frog does towards a fly. They can steal your shield. They also steal, like, rupees and stuff, but they can actually steal your uh, red shield as well, which would really suck. So then you'd have to go and uh, figure it out again. I, I guess, again, you don't have to spend the money, thankfully. Uh, and, like, obviously wait till much later in the game to get it in the first place and spend a fortune, which is, like, around the... Uh, you know, the uh, Village of Outcasts, in order to even get that shield, the red shield, level 2 shield, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's like you wait a long time to even get there, then you spend a fortune, obviously Waterfall of Wishing, you just throw in that small, weak shield in there, and she will give you a good one in return, blah, 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 for free, which is the coolest thing ever. So now we're in that labyrinth again, you notice there's still water, and when there's water there, it's not going to do you any good going inside. So use your mirror, blah, blah, blah. I suppose if I waste two minutes on a podcast that's already overly long, it's not going to kill anybody. So it's an overly long show, not because uh, I want it to be long or because I'm just being lazy or goofing around. It's a it's a long, complicated game, and heck, why not uh, be fairly thorough about it? Again, same thing. Go inside, pull the right lever. The left lever will just drop bombs or snakes or something or a little of both. It's annoying. So just pull the right one, okay? Yeah, just pull the right lever. Anyhow, go back outside. You'll notice the little portal you created after using the mirror. So you can go right back to the dark world, right where you are. Go inside. You're in level duh. Level duh. And this time the water is low, just like it was in the light world because of the parallel universe type of thingy. And now instead of walking around in a void area that can't really get you anywhere, you are able to swim now. Isn't that cool? Obviously, you wouldn't even be able to enter this level if you didn't have the flippers yet. Uh, the elder says, it is I, objects exist simultaneously in both worlds with similar shapes. If the form of a thing changes, it will affect the shape of its twin in the other world. Yep, and that's also how you can get special items, or well, items in general, heart pieces like I just did, and other parts of the, in other parts of the game as well. And even significant items like canes and stuff, they move on forward with that. So now this is obviously a kind of a wet world, so to speak. Kind of similar to level 4 in uh, A Link to the Past. It's kind of like that one. Kind of, sort of. Link's Awakening. I keep mixing the two games up. A Link, <laughs> Link's Awakening on the Game Boy, obviously. Great freaking game. One of the new monsters in this one is kind of a water creature. You can see kind of a shadow. He jumps out of the... Yeah, he's extremely annoying because he moves around very quickly. He jumps out of the water and kind of comes at you. And of course, again, you want to be effective looking for keys underneath skulls and such. But most people want to dig around in that kind of stuff anyway. You know, skulls instead of pots in, uh, you know, the light world. 
And then you get the Link to the Past versions of the slimes or whatever, blobs, slimes, whatever that you see in Zelda 1 all the way to the beginning, the first level. They're kind of a darker brown colored in that game. And the big ones you'd split in half if you only have the regular wooden sword, whatever, at the beginning of the game. And then once you have the, the white sword, which is like the mid-grade, it'll kill them in one hit and so on and so forth. In this game, they're a little different. They kind of come up out of the ground like a shadow. And then they're either red or green, blue, whatever, but... They are what they are. They're a headache, and they move around faster than they did in uh, Zelda 1. That's for darn sure. In Zelda 2, they move around very slowly, but well, some of them can be really obnoxious because they jump. We'll talk about that game when we get there, and of course cross that bridge when we get there as well. Another couple of new things you could say is uh, it's kind of like another one of those traps that shoots fireballs, but this one only does when you swing your sword. And it's obviously north, south, east, west, and like a fire worm, you could say. It moves around like the worm in Zelda 1, but slower, or faster, excuse me, of course it does. Uh, <laughs> or like Centipede and Millipede and all that, you know, those kind of games. But um, yeah, it's it's fire, basically, and just stay away from it, the bottom line. Uh, those are like the majority of the new monsters so far. With, of course, Shock of the Decade, uh, several other monsters that I've already mentioned. So, yeah, I won't re-mention the same monster unless it becomes a super duper specific headache in this level or whatever level I'm playing. And there's another situation where it's something you haven't seen before. Maybe if you hadn't played this game, there's like a bit of a lever after you whack a mole, you know, the things to the left of it. Uh, it's a lever, so basically you just kind of push it. I'm guessing most people would have figured that already, but just in case, you know, it kind of opens up water again and opens up avenues to get to uh, other parts of the level. So, yeah. And of course, the reason why you did that is you can tell there's like a little tiny ladder, like like a pool ladder, and rather than a ladder where you go up from one, like the lower level to the upper level in the same room, you know, that kind of thing. This is almost like a pool ladder, which you couldn't possibly reach had you been on the lower level. So yeah, that's the whole point of filling it up with water here. When you get to a larger room where you can actually see the big treasure chest, uh, there's a lot of obnoxious new characters. Hard to even explain. Kind of like fish, crawling creatures. They're fast, moving around. Really obnoxious. A lot of them may come out of the walls or like the sewer or whatever the heck it would be. Oh, they drive me nuts. And they'll drive you nuts as well. Unless you're an insanely uh, quick gamer, then good for you. You'll also notice in the big room, there's a lot of ledges that you can't reach. Uh, and you're like, how the heck do I reach it? Well, take a wild guess. What do you think the, uh, the treasure of this level is? It's the hook shot. So that's going to be a lot of fun. It'll help you be able to just kind of like pull yourself to the uh, next ledge, to the next ledge, to the next ledge, that type of thing. But you got to get the big key first. So, uh, you know, that's the, <laughs> that's the Legend of Zelda is all the different ways you can backtrack and you got to go around this to get here and go around that to get there. And of course, you deal with the stupid crystal switch thing again where you have to go, uh, you know, you go up to the next floor, you notice there's stuff in the way, you know, the, the crystal... You know, the, the switches, the floor tiles that raise up, the orange ones and such. So you have to deal with that, going up and falling down you know, falling down on purpose to get to an area. But it might be restricted by the, uh, you know, the floor crystal uh, tile deals. But eventually you finally get the big key. And now things can start opening up again as you get another item that can take you to different places that you couldn't reach before. The hookshot, baby. It's, uh, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in a Zelda game. One of the more interesting uh, items in the history of Zelda games, I'd have to say, and no doubt about it, this was, you know, an exciting new innovation, 
when it came out back in you know ninety two in the north in North America, and of course it was definitely in uh, Link's Awakening. Uh, later on, though, in that one, I believe level five, the catfish's maw <clears throat> is where he used that one. The catfish's mouth again. We'll talk about that when we get there. I I really wanted to talk about that game. You could tell, can't you? This one's basically like its older brother in a lot of ways. The hookshot can also be used as a weapon on certain things, and it, all, and it has that boomerang effect in terms of, well, obviously it comes back to you. You can pick up items with it, and it can, uh, you know, can knock out certain bad guys as well. If not uh, kill them, it can knock them out kind of thing too as well, kind of like stun them in their spot. So, yeah, the hookshot, extremely valuable. Super weak monsters that can damage others. It's, you know, serves a different purpose to like knock them out or whatever or stun them. Yeah, like the skeletons, stealth forces and such. And it's a safety type of weapon for those annoying uh, electric, you know, floating jellyfish or whatever you want to call them. And after you get the hook shot and you kind of work your way, we'll call it north, basically, or up or whatever you want to say. We'll say north in the uh, this this labyrinth level, whatever. You'll come to an area where you actually run into a, uh, a dead end again. But this time, because there's water, so now we got to drain water out. Another interesting feature coming up here. So once you finally get to the right uh, staircase rather than the left one, you get to the lever. Now you have access to be able to push it, and a drain appears and takes the water out. So there you go. Ah, probably this would be a stinky place. Think about the mold and all that stuff. Blech. It would be nasty. Okay, we'll get rid of the water that's been sitting there for God knows how long. It's probably all grimy and stuff. Yeah. You know what really sucks about those creatures that kind of come out of the little holes in the walls? It never stops. It never stops. So be aware of that. Oh, oh, oh. Then you get to a long kind of rectangle-ish shaped room. Well, kind of long and thin, you can say. You're going east and west, kind of like a bad offensive player. You want to go north-south, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you'll notice a bunch of, like, uh, it's kind of like a fountain effect. You know, they're kind of coming out. The water's coming out. One of them is illusionary, or one of them actually has, like, a door inside it that you can't see. So it's basically the one, the second farthest to the right, go through, and then you can get in uh, and progress through the level. And as you near the end, there's, like, you're basically in a big, giant room with... Uh, you could say it's a gigantic pool with uh, baddies swimming around in it. The best part about the baddies swimming around in there, you can't attack them. That's the best part. So you have to be at the mercy of just get the hell away. As you get to the boss, you can tell that there's a hint on the ground in the welcome mat, we can call it. it looks like a big giant squid or sea monster or something. Equip the hook shot. So because it's covered in stuff. I don't know if it's like, uh, maybe it's like, maybe we're trying to fry the thing. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's basically like a yeah, it's like a jellyfish that's actually a cue ball as well. Uh, that's one of the monsters in, again, Link's Awakening. But that's in the future, damn it. So what's wrong with me? This is the debut of the cue ball. So what you do is you grab the little puff-shaped things. I don't know, they look like cheese puffs or or they're like grilled, like they're like the, the breaded stuff you make on, a, on seafood. It makes you kind of hungry. Want a little red lobster or something. But uh, regardless if it's red lobster or not, you grab them and hack away at them, and you're going to get hit about a million times, unless you're really good at, at timing things. But uh, it is what it is. You just pull them off, hack away, and then eventually he's kind of on his own, and then it's a one-on-one -on -one battle with the cue ball. For now, though, you got to screw around and battle with him. The most effective way, and you might have figured this out on your own, is as you're pulling those breadcrumbs or whatever the heck you call them, I don't know, croutons, I don't know, as you pull them away, you want to have a decent amount of distance between you and the the jellyfish cue ball, whatever it is. That way you have more room to just kind of hack away. And obviously by the time that thing gets to you, 
you want to, why am I, <laughs> I had the flute equipped for some reason. You want to hack away right away, because otherwise it will inflict damage, because it's basically right on top of you as you as you pull it in. So we're almost there to the uh, final, final showdown with this guy. Down to the last breadcrumb thingy, my Bobby. Got it. He's gone. He gone. So the obvious target now is this cue ball thing. Jumps in the air, gets on the ground, and starts moving about 100 miles an hour. So try to treat it like a baseball or something. Use your uh, whirling attack, you know, to kind of just defend yourself and whack it real good until there's not much left of it, and you can move on and win this level. And you did. Woohoo, enjoy the fireworks display. It's a grand finale. Get your heart container. Catch that thing in the middle of the crystal with holding the maiden. It's the most adorable thing I ever saw. We love you so much. Well, we caught the next maiden or saved her or whatever. And, um, well, yeah, let's hear what she has to say real quick before we start moving our way to that dark, evil forest and get the fire rod and all that cool stuff. <clears throat> she appears to have blonde hair. Link, because of you, I can escape the clutches of the evil monsters. Thank you. That's the same thing she said before. Uh, or the other one did anyway. The Triforce will grant the wishes to uh, of whoever touches it as long as that person lives. That is why it was hidden in the Golden Land. Only a select few know of its location, but at some point that knowledge was lost. The person who rediscovered the Golden Land was Ganondorf. So now that's the first time you saw him with that incarnation, Ganondorf, the thief, the evil thief, pardon me. Luckily, he couldn't figure out how to return to the light world. Yep, because he doesn't have a mirror. Just imagine if he had the mirror. Game over, right? Well, remember that you have magical powers which only the hero can make the most of. The, yeah, see? Like the, uh, the mirror. There are some other magical warping points, like the one you saw on Death Mountain, by using them, you can go between the two worlds and find evils hidden in the dark world. Yep, exactly. Yep. You are the only one who can destroy Ganondorf, the thief. No, Ganon, the evil uh, king of darkness. Do you understand? Yes. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. It's kind of like a, like a, I don't even know what you call it. It's, it's uh, a repetitious but uh, nice little message you could say in terms of may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Let's head our way to level 3 and see if there's any errands along the way as well. I would say at this point, let's try the whole waterfall of wishing type of thing, that Lake Hylia, maybe try to get the uh, ice rod first. Might as well kind of start working in that type of department for now in the uh, southeast area. So let's warp back to the light world and get to work over there. Sound good? Not to mention building up your money and, of course, filling up your empty medicine bottles, which probably one or two are probably empty because that boss was annoying, and that level could be annoying too. So that type of stuff as well. You also may want to consider getting a magic one, at least the, the 160, as now we're going to start using some fire. Uh, the fire rod, at least in that level, eventually we'll, we'll be getting it, and that, of course, uses a lot of magic. So... That's definitely something to consider. Maybe buying a uh, buying the blue medicine. It's only 40 rupees more. And when you know where to get unlimited money, who cares, right? <laughs> it's kind of simple stuff, right? Either that if you're a cheapskate and just want to get free green green stuff, just go to the, you know, green medicine. Just go to the waterfall of, the other waterfall of wishing. Where the other one's the fountain of, of happiness, I guess it's called. I kept calling it the waterfall of wishing as well down in Leak Halia. No, that's like a fountain of happiness 
or Fountain of Wishes. The Waterfall of Wishing, of course, that we already talked about, that's where we got the shield and the boomerang upgraded. So let's uh, start building up money and or head to Lake Hylia. Yeah, like basically as you're collecting the money, he even reminds you of it, the thief. Check out the cave east of Lake Hylia. Strange and wonderful things live in it. So yeah, again, so it's, uh, of course that's where the uh, where you get the ice rod. In the middle of Lake Hylia is the Fountain of Wishes. Another major reason to build up money because you have to build up money to be able to get access to having more bombs and arrows. Being able to only carry 30 bombs, or excuse me, 10 bombs, ain't going to cut it. So <laughs> you better start building up now as you get further and further into the game. Bombs and arrows, of course. So let's go to the strange and wonderful things first. The uh, upper, basically you could say the north. <clears throat> Obviously you're in the southeast part of the... You're in the southeast part of the uh, map. But of course the, uh, the northeast, or even like northwest... Yeah, northeast part of like the Lake Hylia region, you could say. There's two caves. Go in one. You can also bomb a crack into the other. You'll notice it's very icy in here. So go into the regular door first for the heck of it, and you'll notice there's a bunch of fairies. You go through the door to the left, and you can't access the treasure there. But yes, you can. Just bomb the uh, <laughs> bomb the opening to the, uh, to the left, and you'll be able to get that treasure right away. There's your ice rod, which could come in handy in the anywhere basically so it's nice to have obviously and you will need it to defeat the uh boss in turtle rock at the very least <clears throat> in level seven much later let's go to the uh let's go to the pond of uh the, the fountain of wishing that's of course in the center of lake hilia very simple concept there you'll also notice the dark colored rock you cannot pick that up without the titan's mitt that's what you get again in the level uh, in the Village of Outcasts, right where the forest is, just south of it. Of course, under there is a warp. So that's how you can get to level 5. So this is literally where level 5 is, in the Dark World, in the parallel universe, so to speak. The Pond of Happiness. Okay, Pond of Happiness. Thank you. Throw some rupees in and blah, blah, blah. Do you want to throw some rupees? Right now, you have an option to throw 5 or 20. You'll get, uh, again, you'll be able to do something once you get to level, or once you throw in 100 rupees. So basically go back and forth, back and forth. It'll give you the option of 5 or 20, 5 or 20. And then after the first time, it'll give you an option of 25 or 50, which will make things much, much faster. And once you finally get to 100, you finally get to see the fairy. She says, I'll make your wish come true. I want more bombs. I want more arrows. So I'll pick bombs now because 10 is pathetic. And the cool part is you actually are filled up to the maximum of 15. So you'll actually add that to your uh, inventory. Pretty cool. So now what you can do is just keep going back and forth since I hope you build up a ton of money like I did just now and keep doing this for a little bit. Build up your arrows and your bombs to whatever level you feel uh, comfortable with. But now you have the option to do 25 or 50, which can make it all much faster. So it's not as tedious, which is so boring. And don't worry about if you have good luck, big trouble, okay luck or whatever. Eh, whatever. It's nonsense, at least from what I know. So in a lot of ways also, imagine you're a little, you're low on something, you only have three bombs or you have five arrows left. You can have them completely filled up. Imagine you're like, you go from uh, being able to carry 50 to 55, you get like 50 arrows for uh, for kind of free, for 100 bucks, also while increasing your maximum carrying ability. Kind of cool idea. I would say maybe try to get to like 30 bombs at the very least. That way you can be able to fill up 30 bombs with that one guy. But then again, I already gave you a different strategy as well. 
Of course, you probably ultimately want to get to like 55 and beyond with arrows, but you don't have to do it all now. Uh, you can, but you don't have to. It's, you know, you can build it up later. Maybe you get bored with the tediousness and want to move on with the game. I personally got to 30 bombs and 50 arrows because I maxed out my money before I came here and still have 200 left over. But yeah, you can keep going, maybe make more money again. It's all up to you, but let's get on to level 3 regardless. Your best bet now is to warp to the, uh, you know, the Light World Village, head north to the forest. The pathway basically straight up from the village leads to a big dark rock. You can't pick it up without the mint. So let's try going to the east a little bit and then north. Walk past that fortune teller's hut. Of course, this is probably the wrong way, but what the hell. Actually, just go to the left instead. There's another possible way. There are a couple ways to get in. So the super duper easy way to do it. Go to the... Uh, the area that goes up, kind of like, it's kind of an area parallel to it, to the west instead of the east. Go up there, uh, work your way to the right, and then go down in an area where it doesn't necessarily look like you can go through, but you can. <clears throat> you kind of can tell. Then all you do is whip out the hammer, pound the stakes, and then pick up the, the lighter colored rock, and there's your portal to the uh, evil dark forest, and you get to hear a nice new song as you head north anyway. When you're first there, it's still kind of the regular overworld music of the dark world. Once you go in the forest, ooh, now you get to hear something cool. It's the same song I always imagine, say, when the Minnesota Vikings go on the road against a very tough opponent in the playoffs, like a Philadelphia, you know, like, dun, 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 dun. And unfortunately, those pretty much never go well, unless we're insanely lucky. I can't really remember when they have gone well, honestly. Again, watch out for the son-of-a-biscuit uh, shield-eating and rupee-sucking uh, creature that jumps around rupees. Yeah, but they can get that red shield, and if they do, you are going to be pissed. So... Take note of that as you kind of walk around, head your way towards where you can finally get in the level. There are pits around, but you can walk to the edge and get around them if you're very careful. You'll notice some openings and to get into the level itself and finally get into level three. It's not the easiest level in the world, believe me. Of course, I'm not going to do a full-on walkthrough and all that. This show would be eight, nine hours long if I did that. Seven hours at very least. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give bits and pieces here and talk about the monsters and some of the frustrations of this level with, uh, same thing with the future levels again, for the sake of time, because this is not a walkthrough show. It is basically just kind of giving you the whole game in a lot of ways, just kind of what you do and enjoy it. Bring back memories and maybe make you want to, you know, play it again. 
on the Super Nintendo Mini or an actual cartridge. This is the Super Nintendo Mini right now. A major thing of note though, there are several entr entrances to this level. This first one you see isn't necessarily the best one, but it's at least an introduction to the level itself. You can go back out if you're not sure where to go or there's no key or whatever. You can actually fall in like there's a square of bushes. You can kind of hack away and then in the center there's an opening you can go down there. But you can also go north and to the, uh, the west a bit to get to other entrances. Eventually to get to the final entrance, well, we'll talk about it when we get there. It's kind of cool. It's funny too, when you first get into that entrance that I mentioned, the first available entrance, the big treasure's right there, right away. But of course, you can't access it. You have to go around the other way and it takes a while to get there, believe me. Are you surprised? And now you get your first glimpse of the uh, A Link to the Past version of the mummies from Zelda 1. Oh boy, really annoying. And they take a million hits just like they did in Zelda 1. And they move around faster. Great. The trick to beat them is pretty much the same way as Zelda 1. It's just they move faster. Just kind of stand in place and hack away. And they keep coming back. Hack, 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 hack until they finally freaking die. Don't try really anything else. You also get introduced into probably the most annoying monster in the entire game on this level. What are they? They're hands that come down from the ceiling or from wherever. And, oh boy. If, if they grab you, they take you back to the entrance and everything you just did is yeah well you may have gotten items in this and that but you gotta maybe all this progress you made getting through a confusing area you gotta do it all over again and it is annoying beyond belief but you know what the most annoying part of it is when you kill them they just keep coming back and coming back and coming back and you get the idea it oh boy <laughs> especially when you're trying to pull or push a statue oh my god Yet another thing that you run into, which is probably similar to the bubble in Zelda 1, is this yellow thing. Basically, you pick it up, uh, maybe like, say it's underneath one of the skulls when you pick it up. It kind of flies towards you and turns you into a silly rabbit for a little while. So you can't attack or anything. So kind of similar to the bubble in Zelda 1 in that sense. And when you're outside, every single pit will drop you into a different place uh, in the palace, which can, or castle, or labyrinth, whatever, which can be a good thing, can be a good thing. There's one where you literally, like, walk way, way over to try to get in there. Uh, that would be in the north, uh, east area of the forest, you could say, as you're wandering around in the skull forest, you could call it. Once you finally do get the fire rod, which is a huge, huge turning point, because it's a pain in the butt to get to it, but once you finally are able to get to it, you're able to pull a lever and bust up the wall, basically, above it, and get to it instead of falling towards it which does not is not the way to get there basically work your way towards the left or west or whatever you want to call it and eventually north and you'll finally get to a uh entrance that is much larger than the others and it appears to have like a a big snout blocking the way pull out the fire rod and burn the snout uh-oh you're in you're in the main area now unfortunately you're not right at the boss right away but oh well what did you expect right you're in an annoying mishmash maze of an area, but, well, it's not too difficult. Once you finally are able to get the key and move north, basically, through the keyhole, you walk into one of the most annoying rooms in the history of this game. Holy crap. A bunch of stars and all that can change the different pits, and you also have to deal with other bad guys, including the stupid hand that keeps coming down to try to drag you to the entrance again. The only good part about the entrance, Dealey, is that all the uh, power-ups also reset. Like, say, if there's hearts underneath skulls and stuff, so gotta mention that. This is not a fun level, generally speaking, because, again, yeah... 
So now the crucial part again, you have to white bulb out all the mummies first, and then you eventually have to light up all four of the uh, uh, lamps in order to pr proceed to the boss. It's just so annoying. All, of course, while avoiding that stupid hand. Of course, I strongly recommend using the lamp to light the lamps <laughs> uh, on the first three, and then the last one you use the fire rod because you can't reach it. Because if you just use the fire rod only, you'll use up your magic too fast, and you don't want to do that. Eventually, you finally get to the stinking moth. Because uh, <laughs> this level is one of the most annoying levels in the game. But, uh, boy, bear in mind, there's a couple more very annoying levels coming up. This one, <laughs> this one is definitely not immune to that. I just said that. Um, the moth you can kill with the sword and the fire rod. The fire rod comes in handy because of the range and everything. And oftentimes, I would not... Uh, I, you would, <laughs> I mean, I would recommend somebody possibly leave the level and fill up your medicine if you're super low or out of it before you take on the moth unless you're super confident you can knock him out and you have almost full power and everything full magic and full uh you know life if not go fill it up it's worth it because it doesn't take long to get back that's the trick remember like i was saying you just kind of head to the left as far as you can and then once you get in the uh, level you go to the left as far as you can again come out and go north and you're right to the final like uh, area again so it'll save you a bunch of time and uh, stress if you have no uh, power and all that so fill up your medicine if you need to the moth of course surprisingly is a frying creature and of course again you can hack away with your sword or the fire rod both of them do damage it's, uh, obviously everything's moving around while he's moving so it's a pain in the ass uh, boss fight, no doubt about it. And honestly, if you want to even try to get the fourth uh, bottle before this battle and fill it up, you can. If you want to go into the village, basically the village of Outcast, you find the blue chest, basically kind of, and then warp back to, you know, the light world, walk to where that one thief is, kind of close to where, you know, the thief is sitting by the sign, close to where you get your unlimited money and bring it to him, and he'll open it for you, and there's your fourth bottle. So that's another option. Now I don't have to talk about that bottle anymore. And once again, you can watch the damn fireworks get the heart container. Oh, say good riddance to this guy. One of the most obnoxious, annoying levels in the game, and yeah, well, there's some more obnoxious, annoying ones to come, but, well, that's part of the fun of it, right? You know, you finally get the skills and the timing right, and you get rid of the stinking level. Luckily, the next level is very, very close by, and... Hopefully you didn't use up too much medicine, but I'm sure you got to fill up at least one along the way. Link, because of you, I can escape the clutches of the evil monsters. Thank you. Yep, broken record. Here's the new part. Do you know the prophecy of the great cataclysm? Hmm. This is the way I heard it. If a person who has an evil heart gets the Triforce, a hero is destined to appear, and he alone must face the great, face the, great uh, must face the person who began the great cataclysm, if the evil one destroys the hero, nothing can save the world from his wicked reign. That's kind of uh, that's putting a lot on one lot of, on one person and a lot of eggs in one basket, isn't it? Anyway, only a person of the Knights of Hyrule who protected the royalty of Hylia can become the hero. You are of that bloodline, aren't you? Then you must rescue Zelda without fail. Do you understand? I lassie, I do. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. So let's uh, not go too far. Of course, you can warp back to the light world shortly after you kind of work your way out of the forest a little bit. Warp back to the light world, which is a good way to go. Then get some medicine, and then you can kind of warp back to the village where you have created a warp to go back to the dark world, and you're able to work yourself to getting the Titan's Mitt and all that crap. 
Uh, unfortunately, you are unable to get the bottle. So I was incorrect earlier. You are unable to get the bottle uh, before you have the Titans mate. And it's not in the village. It's close to the village. So my apologies to you right there. That's an addendum and errata, as some podcasts out there might say. In the village of Outcast, before we officially go in the level, there is a uh, house with a treasure chest on it. And there, you can it's kind of like a guessing game. It's not a memory game. It's a guessing game where you pay a certain amount of money, 30 rupees, which isn't too much, to play, and you get whatever's in the treasure chest. Though a lot of times it's a dud, like it's one rupee, one bomb, one arrow. Other times it might be 50, so you came ahead, it might be 300 or something, or whatever. And one of the items actually ha- uh, is a heart container, so that's the hope. Yep, so I came ahead financially, but yeah. So you keep coming back and forth, coming back and forth, as long as you can afford it, to eventually pick out a heart container, and then you're done there, unless you want to just keep gambling, basically, like a scratch-off game. And I keep calling it heart container. It is heart piece. Heart piece. It is just an old, old, stupid... uh, (laughs) It's an old, old, stupid uh, uh, mental block that I have, I guess, because I'm so used to Zelda 1 still, which is really weird, actually. And, of course, I did eventually get the heart piece, which actually did lead to an extra heart container just because of the timing and all that. So I'm all done with this treasure room unless you, again, want to keep screwing around and trying to see if you can get lucky when, I don't know, what's the point, right? There are houses in this village, though, two of them, that actually give up 300 rupees. So, of course, make sure you don't have 900 rupees when you get there because you're literally just throwing the money away. Luckily, I spent a lot of money to get more uh, blue medicine and stuff. There's one hut kind of near the bottom, or house. It's one of the brown houses near the bottom of the actual main village. You can bomb it to get in, and it's weird-looking. Well, it's a small place. There's a treasure at the back of the room. Three hundo rupees. Again, make sure you have room to carry the three hundo rupees, because you can only carry 999. There's another one in this village as well. uh, That's three hundo rupees. You can get it now. You can get it later. Uh, you know, it is what it is either way. And of course, there's the unlimited uh, feature as well. But it's not hard to find. It's just one of the houses. There's also a little uh, store. And I don't think I've ever actually played the music for the store in the fortune teller. So here it is. So when you do officially decide to go to level four, you walk up to where what appears to be the entrance, where which is like the weather crane or weather main or whatever uh, for wind and all that, wind direction. And of course, where you get the duck and all that cute stuff in the light world, you're thinking, okay, so what's going on here? How do I get in? Well, I guess you pull it open. You just kind of grab it with your mitt. Well, you don't even need the, uh, you know, yeah, you just kind of grab it, press the A button and pull back and it breaks open. So interesting. Also, Something that uh, I forgot to mention back when we were in the village the first time. You go to the nearby houses that look kind of, you know, they look kind of long, low to the ground, kind of interesting. And you'll hear information. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a little bit closer to the ground. Looks kind of like a, 
like a dungeon almost, like a little mini dungeon. You walk up to a blonde guy with what looks like glasses. He says, yo, Link, this house used to be a hideout for a gang of thieves. What was their leader's name? Oh, yeah, his name was Blind, and he hated bright light a lot. So that's a major hint to Blind. He actually is the, the last boss in level 4. So he's the boss in level 4. And you notice how light is coming in through the windows in this weird-looking place? Yeah, well, that's going to be a factor later on in level 4. Also, of course, go to the basement. There's a piece of heart down there as well. So it's in the upper where you bomb the, you know, the northern area next to the uh, staircase. So there's a heart piece up there too. You might want to get that in the light world. So my apologies. I didn't even go in this place, which was a really dumb mistake. So you know now. Uh, so maybe you already knew before, but you know now either way. We're finally in another kind of annoying level, but it's not nearly as hard. It's just kind of maze and weird, like kind of late in level three. It gets kind of mazy and such. That's what this level is in a sense. It's not too hard though. And let me tell you, once you get the Titan's Mitt, get the heck out of the level and go get the Tempered Sword. That's all I got to say. We'll talk about that when we get there. New monsters on this level are obnoxious horse looking characters. They're kind of like the horses in... Zelda one that shoot uh, swords at you, but oh, you'll be seeing more of that when you get higher up in the Death Mountain, like the final areas of the game, when you get to like level 7-ish. So, oh yeah, those guys are scary stuff. Some other interesting characters in this level are ones that look like they're kind of like halfway there, halfway not. I'm not even sure what to call it. Some kind of phased cloud-like red thing. I'm not even sure. Uh, this, this level also has a very interesting... Uh, way of getting to the boss, but I'd like to get the uh, Titan's Mitt first. Slightly more exciting and helpful because that's the probably the item that opens doors up more than anything the rest of the way, to be quite fair. Quite frankly, Blind is one of the harder bosses in this, uh, in this game, I'd have to say. See, right now, I'm basically in the only part of the uh, entire dungeon that's actually above ground. It looks kind of like the... Uh, the house that was kind of barely above ground in the, you know, in, in the light world. So what you do here, of course, you'll notice there's an area that's kind of blocked basically by a barrier, but there's light coming in from the window and it's shining on a cracked floor. So what do you think we do? And of course you can pick up bombs nearby. So imagine that, like what a coincidence, right? So you drop a bomb, pick it up and throw it into that cracked area. Maybe you have to back up a little bit right on the spot and it blows a hole and now light's shining down the, that hole so the area where they actually show where the boss is, is <laughs> has lights shining on it so basically blind the thief turns himself into what looks like a you know one of the, the the seven maidens basically so almost like a familiar spirit basically you bring her to that very room where the light is shining on you know basically on basement one and then you get blind the thief but first let's get the mitt just saying how you get the actual light to shine in that is that small little area where you're actually above ground. And I'm saying how really how he becomes blind of thief or basically like he gets he's like, ah, it's too bright basically, and that exposes what he really is. It's not that girl, of course. <laughs> and as you finally find the way to basement two, where ultimately where the Titan's mid is, there's a huge block that looks like, oh, I can't pick that up. Yes, you can. You can pick it up with the power glove. You don't even need the mitt. So don't be discouraged by that. And of course, the area where blind, where blind or well, the disguised blind that looks like a little, that looks like a, a girl, looks like locked doors, but they're actually not like locked cells. You can just walk right in. You don't need keys for those, so that's good. 
You meet her, him, her, and he says, yeah, it's, it's blind, disguised as a girl. Oh, thank you very much. You saved my life. Please take me outside. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. But you get the key that you need as you're heading towards Titan's Mitt at the same time. It's the greatest feeling ever. You finally have Titan's Mitt. Oh, you finally have Titan's Mitt. It's like, yes, <laughs> now you can do a lot of things, including, you know what? You know what? Yeah, you you probably got beat up a bit during the course of the level. Just just use the magic mirror, leave, and uh, come back if you want to. That way you can be stronger. Yeah, get the stronger sword to defeat uh, blind with the more powerful weapon. I say, why the heck not? Unfortunately, you'll have to go get the girl again, so to speak, which is fine. But uh, that's fine. It's not that complicated, and you'll have a more powerful sword. I'd say it's worth it. And of course, you'll have uh, full medicine again. You could even actually, if you want to. You could actually go get the fourth bottle now. So this time I'm serious about that. So that would be what I would suggest at this point. Also, when you first step out of the uh, the level and you kind of go a little bit to the right, you'll notice there's a bunch of stakes around. Of course, right above there's the uh, uh, beat up abandoned house where you'll get the treasure chest that can't open. Before you go there, though, when you see all this these bunch of stakes here, just smash them all down. You probably figured that just by looking at it. You know, just curiosity. I wonder what happens if I whack them all. Well, yeah, a pathway will open for you to get a heart piece. So, another player, uh, way to go. You'll also notice a bunch of uh, chicken bones running around. And if you hack them around forever, uh, a bunch of chicken bones will come and attack you as well. Just like in the village with the real chickens. Yep, you get the uh, pound all the steaks. You get to go in. And there's your heart piece. Congratulations. What's really strange is you actually have to get your sword tempered before the treasure chest uh, appears. So I actually went to the house and there's no <laughs> treasure chest. So it's a good thing to know that. So you want to get your sword tempered first, which is, you know, pretty simple. Basically go south of the, yeah, just kind of go as far as you can south in the village of Outcast. Just kind of go south, south, south until you get to an area where it looks like there's these, uh, the darker colored skulls that you couldn't pick up before. Just kind of work your way down, 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 kind of, yep, almost where the library was. And you see this tiny little frog-like guy jumping up and down? He is, yep, one of the guys. He is the he is the other blacksmith. You're in the house. So it took like five seconds to find that. Ribbit, ribbit, your body did not change. You are, you are not just an ordinary guy, are you? I used to uh, live in Kakiro Town. I wonder if my partner is, uh, what my partner is doing there without me. I have a request of you. Please take me to my partner. Please, ribbit, ribbit. Oh, I will gladly do that, young man. Or old timer. Actually, he's a bit older. Tiny little frog. So kind of walk basically up into the uh, village of outcasts a bit. And then use the mirror. So then you'll kind of still have access to get anywhere you want. And you can get back here again without any problem. Make sure you're not standing on something you're not supposed to. Now you got the little dwarf looking guy following you. He's one of the blacksmiths. So now you work your way uh, up to where the blacksmith is, and then that uh, that bottle will appear. I believe that happened one other time to me. It's kind of funny how this game will play little tricks on you like that. And it's funny how the blacksmith house is basically like that, say, in the same area where that beat-up house is, where you ultimately get that treasure chest that you can't open. So you can finally get all this important stuff done, and then you're better off. You got four bottles and a red-colored sword, which is level three. Rock on. So they're all very, very excited. They're saying, drop by any time. We'll temper your sword. So you just walk right up and say, just, okay, they say, thank you, thank you. So walk out and walk back in, basically. What was the point of that? Just temper my sword already, please. 
You think, oh, yeah, no, that's okay. Do it, do it whenever you feel. No, please do it now. Temper the sword. And they only charge 10 rupees, which is incredibly cheap. And they keep asking if you're sure. It's like, well, no crap. You have no weapon, though. So what you have to do is just kind of stand around or walk around maybe from inside the village, outside the village, on and off the screen a few times, and then you'll be able to get your sword back and you're stronger, which is awesome. But you have to wait, unfortunately, a little bit, like a couple minutes. So obviously, avoid like getting in contact with enemies. That would be really dumb. Well, I suppose you could use other weapons, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, your sword's tempered up a bit. Now I hold it. You basically have to walk off the screen and back in or so. The sword is stronger. You can feel the power flowing through your body. You've got an or orange-colored sword now, reddish-colored, and it makes a different sound as it uh, gets swooshed in the air. Rock on. So, uh, yeah, go to your little portal you created. Come back to the same area, just a few, you know, screens away, and you'll get your, and you'll finally get that treasure chest you can't open, and all that. Why that wouldn't appear before that, I have no idea, but it's basically a blue-colored chest, and they say just take it with you. So kind of walk around basically into the village again, because uh, basically you're basically blocked other ways. So just walk into the village wherever, transport yourself back to uh, the light world with the mirror, and kind of work your way towards the deserty area where that. Uh, Supposed thief. Well, yeah, he's a former thief. Is is standing next to a sign that we have seen about fifteen hundred times already. Of course, you don't want to dash when you're like dragging that thing around because it'll he'll drop it. Link will drop it. Just walk. Take your take your time. Be patient. Like why rush? Like why rush? Stupid. You can jump off ledges and it will follow you though, which is kind of funny. Now you finally have your doggone fourth bottle, so you can go doggone fill it up at the doggone uh, magic hut. And all that stuff. So, yeah, just do that. And then go back, rinse and repeat. Go back and get, uh, go back and bring blind, or get blind and then work your way towards where they actually say the boss area is because you have bombed out the floor on the first floor. So the sun will be shining into basin level one, which will then irritate blind and voila, you have yourself a boss fight. And a very tough one, to be quite honest. And of course, the whole time you're working your way back to get to blind and getting him to the uh, to the uh, lit up room, <laughs> everything's a lot easier now with that more powerful sword. So that was worth it, right? I would say so, especially fighting blind in the first place. And the great news is you're pretty much right by there too. So taking blind to that room is not that hard. Beating blind might be a little another story. You walk him into the light, him, her, like I was saying earlier. Yeah, too bright, and the battle begins. The battle begins. It's a fun, fun battle. Yep, very. It's actually not. It's really tough. Try to hack him in the head and stuff. Yeah, in a battle like this, yeah, you want all the power and advantage you can have. So, yeah, getting that stronger sword was good. Because, of course, then he gets more and more heads as you get further and further into the battle. And it gets harder and harder and more obnoxious, to be quite fair. Because he's a fast-moving SOB who can kill you before you even have a chance to heal your medicine. So, hack away at the son of a biscuit until he's dead. Once again, enjoy the fireworks display. Pick up the heart container. Yep, it's become a routine now, right? You made a great catch. You're Justin Jefferson. You're pointing to the... Okay, I'm just kidding. 
or you're uh, a different receiver on a different team. You're Devontae Adams or somebody, depending on what location you are in the uh, United States. Justin Jefferson up in here, uh, up in this area, though. And yes, the girl looks exactly like uh, the one that uh, Blind was disguised as, so it's kind of funny, of course. Link, because of you, I can escape from the clutches of the evil monsters. Thank you, yep. <laughs> as the wise men sealed the way to the dark world, the knights of Hyrule defended them from the attacks of the evil monsters. I heard that the knights of Hyrule were nearly wiped out in that battle. You are perhaps the last one to carry on the bloodline of the knights. It is ironic that the last one in the line has the potential to become the hero of legend. Sure, you can, surely you can destroy Ganon, do you understand? Yes. The next level it might be the most difficult and obnoxious level in the entire game, outside of maybe Turtle Rock. Oh, the Ice Palace. That's in that same area, Lake Helia. And now you have the ability to pick up that darker colored rock in the center, which will take you to the Ice Palace. Rock on. If you haven't gotten uh, $300 treasure chests yet, go for it. Of course, if you need to spend the money first, uh, like buying more medicine, go for it. Otherwise, if you have at least enough to get one or both of them, go for it. And once you're done, that's good. Probably don't need to come back to this village for anything else afterward because, I don't know, you beat the level and you got the items in the area. So, congratulations. The one good thing you can get in the ice dungeon is finally a stronger bit of armor. It'll be about damn time. You've been playing all this time with the original green tunic. Yeesh! No wonder the game's so hard. There's an errand or two we could do, so might as well, uh... You know, obviously you probably want to get more medicine, but before you even do that, you might as well... Uh, call for the uh, the duck. Go to location level 6, which is on a ledge. Now you see two dark rocks. Open the teleporter. I forget if this this should lead you to one of the... Oh no, this leads you to the swamp. So you don't actually necessarily need to do this. So, my bad. I thought there was... Uh, I do believe there is a way to get a heart container in this area, though. Yes, there indeed is. You basically kind of walk up uh, to the northeastern section of the area. There's kind of a, a part of the mountain that kind of tucks in a bit, if that makes sense. And you go up and get the heart container, a piece of heart there by pushing away blocks in the light world. Because obviously when you pick up the rock, you're back in the light world. Or excuse me, you go to the tucked in part and you warp to the light world in order to get to this location. It's the only way you could have gotten here in the first place. So yes, it was a fruitful trip and you don't have to go to that swamp level yet. And that's how you get there too. So yeah. There's a few things we could do first, of course, just like the heart piece I just got. There's also, you can get the magic cape uh, around where the sanctuary is. You can also uh, go to the, get the mad batter also, which is kind of close to the, um, close to the, uh, the haunted grove. So might as well do both of those. Not sure what I was waiting for. And obviously you'll like that <laughs> when you get into the ice palace because you're going to be using the flame rod quite a bit there. Let's say let's go to the Mad Batter now so I don't forget again, and you don't forget again. <laughs> Either way, unless you already got it anyway, so whatever. Good for you. Maybe you already do that real early once you get the Magic Powder, which I should have done, but I didn't. Of course, it's just a little bit east of the village and all that. That's where you kind of jump in when you're by the, uh, right in front of the um, blacksmith's house. Is that little thing you jump into. You go down in and go up. And there is your area where you sprinkle the magic powder. I want to read what he says just because it's fun. It's funny how in Link's Awakening there's three of these. One gives you more bombs, one gives you more arrows, and one gives you more... Uh, uh, I can't remember what the last thing is. Powder. Yeah, powder. 
Hey, blast you for waking me from my deep, dark sleep. I mean, thanks a lot, sir. But now I will get my revenge on you. Get ready for it. Er, is that okay with you, sir? Boom. You actually have double magic powder, so it uses up uh, power, not powder. So your magic meter drops half as fast as it did before, which is great. So, yep, you're in good shape now. Have a nice day. See you, he says. And rock and roll. I will have a nice day now that I have a little more of that. So, good. Now let's get that magic cape, which is in the cemetery area. You'll notice one of the graves has all the dark stones around it versus all the light stones. So you pull up uh, pull up the dark stone to get to it, and you run as fast as you can. Yeah, you dash into the gravestone because you can't do anything else. It'll pop open, and there's your magic cape. So again, another item you can get now that you have the Titan's Myth. Isn't that wonderful? The uh, magic cape basically makes you invisible so you can pass through... Uh, barriers and such. You'll need that in the uh, in Turtle Rock for sure. So that's definitely something. And over spikes as well. But unfortunately, your magic meter will be used up pretty quickly. Good thing you just cut the uh, magic use in half by getting to the Mad Batter. If you want, we can get the medallions as well. The Aether and all them. It's like, why not, eh? Might as well get Aether first because that's one we could have gotten quite a while ago with the book So and all that. Um, yeah, all you needed was the hammer, pretty much, to get to that one. So go to that one up in the, uh, you know, close to the Tower of Hera. Basically right to it. And uh, there you go. Again, once you work your way up there by getting to the portal and then walking up where Spectacle Rock would be in the, uh, you know, in the Dark World, you're up where Spectacle Rock would be. And you just kind of work your way to the right of the Tower of Hera. And there is your, uh, <laughs> there's your medallion. So, yep, it's on the rope ladder. Yeah, you just go left, the rope ladder, Tower of Hera. Now, again, it's because we didn't have the Master Sword. It had nothing to do with the uh, the hammer, but we didn't have the Master Sword yet. You pull out the Book of Medora, hold up the Master Sword, and you'll get the Power of Aether. The tablet breaks, and you got your medallion. Kaboom. Congratulations, Aether medallion. Now we got to get Bombos and Quake as we continue through this. Best way to get the Bombos one is, well... Basically, kind of head back to Link's house in the light world, and then uh, basically walk towards the castle area where you can get sent into the dark world, the castle gate, and then work your way up in the dark world to where, similar area to where the uh, medicine hut is, the general area. You'll eventually see a circle of rocks in the water. All you got to do is pretty much throw something in, and you get the, the quake medallion. Congratulations. So obviously, it's not the exact spot where the, um, <laughs> where it is. It's obviously not the exact spot where the medicine hut is, but in the general area, you kind of work your way there and um, throw the uh, item in the circle of rocks. It's actually a bit to the north, basically, of where that, uh, you know, the same building of where the medicine hut is, but obviously quite a bit north of there, to be fair. I thought, for some reason, I kept thinking it was just to the west, but it's it's to the north a bit, but same general area, of course. So pretty much just throw something, anything in there, and yeah, like I said, congratulations, you are getting the uh, medallion. Because the uh, big fish under there, like a catfish-looking thing, is pissed off, saying, just take this and go away. Kind of like me in the, when I don't want people bothering me. Yeah, so I give away Quake medallions, too, when people piss me off. And now for the last one, the Bombos, uh, <laughs> the Bombos medallion is kind of close to the entrance of the desert again. So head all the way over there again in the light world. 
So yes, the stuff is in the light world, but you have to be in the dark world to get there. So it's another one of those annoying things where you got to switch between the worlds. And it's pretty much what I figured. Sometimes I get it reversed, like you're in the light world and you open a portal. Ah, oh, here we go, dark world. And there it is. No, it's the other way around. And kind of figured as much. Um, yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I did know it's in the light world. So it's just the way it's going to have to be one way or another, including a heart piece around the same area. Uh, let's, we're going to end up getting that first as we head basically towards the kind of the desert slash forest. It's kind of like close to the desert, but closer. It's like the area kind of forest grove area and where the uh, village of Outcast is. There's a circle of bushes. You'll want to use the, uh, the mirror there and that'll get you to a cave that'll, you'll be able to get the heart containers. So it's kind of like, again, the area close to the desert, but on the other side of the mountains, so to speak. And uh, yeah, so there it is. You find it, use the mirror, you're able to get a heart piece. And then later, you're going back to the, uh, going back to the dark world and you kind of go up, up in the area where the village of Outcast is to also where like the area where you had, there was a little game before where you'd run really quickly to get a heart piece. But now in, in this version, in the Dark World version, it's a, a game where you're digging stuff up with a shovel in a certain amount of time. And there's also, again, another heart piece there. And then in that same area, you, it'll ultimately lead you the path to get to the medallion. So let's try to get the heart piece first. It's not the easiest thing. You just kind of keep digging, digging, but you try to dig as quick as possible. And eventually the heart piece will come out. And there you go. So ignore the bow and arrow place. Just keep going to the, to the west and then... Yeah, you kind of work your way up to where this funny-looking creature basically offers you, hey, welcome to the treasure field. The object here is to dig as many holes as you can in 30 seconds. So, yeah, dig, dig, dig until you eventually uh, get the heart piece, kind of like when I kept opening treasure chests and you eventually got the heart piece. So, similar situation. It's annoying, but the trick to getting it is, again, digging as many holes as possible. It'll finally happen because, obviously, you have limited time to do it and you pay 80 rupees each time. But, yeah, you're just... Once you get to a certain amount of holes, it'll finally come out, and then your quest is over, basically, for this spot. And once you finally mercifully find that, the trick is in there is, I guess, to kind of stay in the same general area. Otherwise, dig as quickly as you can, but try to dig in the same general area over and over again, and eventually it'll show up, like two or three tries. It's not too hard if you do it that way. That's smart, because then, you know, it's going to eventually switch around and go in a certain area. So, like, northeast corner, southeast corner, whatever the heck you want to do. I was in the southwest corner most of the time or kind of and mostly the south in general but whatever um to get to the uh, bombos medallion we're still in the dark world of course you'll notice how the uh there's that corner uh, there's that area that uh before the desert when you're kind of it's kind of leading towards it you could say go into the uh southwest corner of like the little it almost looks like a i don't even know how to describe it but the southwest corner, basically, of the area in between the desert and the, or no, the, uh, it's not the desert in the, uh, it's, it's the swamp in the dark world, but the desert in the light world. You'll see where a, bu a bunch of stakes kind of like standing up. You don't pound them down. You go in that area, use the uh, magic mirror. And then now you're on the ledge you couldn't reach before in the light world, Book of Madura. Book of Madura. And you have the Bombos uh, medallion. Congratulations, that's finally over. So, wonderful to have. It's kind of a fiery thing. And 
There's a fireworks display, basically, while damaging the bad guys. You have all three medallions, and you got more heart, uh, heart pieces anyway, so that feels really awesome to have that out of the way. Um, again, might sound weird as I'm describing it, but it's kind of that squiggly area. Maybe it looks like a, like a Mickey Mouse or something, <laughs> but you go to the southwest corner of it, and you'll see stakes there, basically, in the dark world. You use the, again, you use the uh, mirror to get there. So what's left now, basically make sure you have medicine, you're powered up a bit, and head to Lake Helia in the light world. And as you get to Lake Helia, basically the general area, if you're in the upper, let's say the upper uh, western side of the lake, you'll notice there's a solitary, solitary island with a heart piece on it. So that's another situation, and obviously there's no way to get to it. That's another reason with uh, transferring through the two different worlds to get to that thing as well. So get into the main section, the main island per se, that has the cave and everything. It's like a, you know... Uh, fountain of happiness pick up the dark heavy rock and all that cute stuff go into the portal and you're in the ice palace area ice palace region something like that and you can just go right on in isn't that great right out of the gate you want to equip the fire rod because you get these ice monsters that come right for you that die in one hit from the fire rod but Oh boy, that gets expensive when it comes to the magic meter. Of course, you'll want all your bottles filled with blue or red. I have three blue and one red personally. And uh, the <laughs> on the, the uh, tablet on the wall, basically where you talk to the elder, he says, Link, magic flames will protect you inside this icy dungeon. Oh, he doesn't talk about watch your magic meter or be careful. He does say something about that. And I do think he talks about that in level 7 for sure. You'll also notice there's a lot of icy floors that's going to make this level extremely annoying to deal with. So be ready to be ticked off and maybe try not to break your TV screen. But if you do, I understand. Not only the slipperiness, but of course, lots of backtracking. You can't go this way, but you can go around all the way around to get to that way. So you kind of get the drift. Um, again, it's, yeah, like there's a part right away where there's four different directions. You can get to two out of three, or you go in and out of the room to get to here and there. So you also get these green-looking monsters that slide on the ice to try to hit you and all that. They look like penguins, I guess, with alligator teeth, kind of something like that. So that's a new character, and they also are very generous, dropping off magic uh, little magic bottles, big and small. So sometimes if you need magic, why not hack away at those guys? Cute stuff, right? Like, would you believe how close we are to getting to the big treasure? But yeah, you're close to it, but guess what? You got to go about it the long, 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 long way. It's a lot of fun. And believe it or not, this thing goes all the way down to basement seven, which, of course, you just press the map and you'll see it. 
So, so yeah, also to say, if you didn't get the Mad Batter yet, if you didn't get to the Mad Batter yet with the uh, Magic Powder like I talked about very recently, um, do it. Yeah, do it. Just just, just do it. Uh, not Nike related, just freaking do it, okay? And another new monster you'll eventually run into is like the Giant Stalfos. You hit them once, they kind of fall apart, or so to speak, to the ground, but they would just keep getting up again. What you have to do when they collapse to the ground, so to speak, is drop a bomb on them, uh, you know, and let it blow up and kill them. So, there's an interesting boss in Link's Awakening where it's an actual boss, one of these, where you hit him multiple times. It's kind of a fun level, but that's quite a bit later, and yeah, that'll, we'll, we'll do that game review someday. You also have one of the most annoying rooms in the entire game where there's spikes everywhere, those obnoxious creatures that come out of holes forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. They're like shadow creatures, whatever. And the floor the floor is constantly moving and it changes directions over and over and over again where you can go into the spikes and hit the bad guys and all that. It is just obnoxious. So again, this has got to be up there, one of my least favorite levels in the entire game. All the backtracking and wrong guessing and all that alone can drive you to pure insanity. Yeah, it's one of those. Well, I got to the treasure chest, but guess what? Yeah, I don't have the stinking big key yet, so... Isn't that great? Isn't that the most wonderful feeling? I was able to get to the treasure chest, but... Uh, big key, yeah, you know, you gotta get that first, so... <laughs> yeah, it's just part of the... It's just part of the fun of it, you know? It's, it's, it's all part of the show. You also get to a area where there's a statue that looks kind of like, uh, I don't know, a, like big, kind of like a goblin or something with a with its tongue sticking out. Take a wild guess. Pull the tongue. Yeah. Like the power glove, the titan's mitt, whatever. Just kind of press the A button and pull backwards <laughs> and you open the door. It's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that's another effect. That one actually leads you to the big key, though, which is about as crucial an item as there is this in, in this entire level. Which is freaking awesome. Oh, just seeing that big key in my possession now. I feel so much better. Oh, it's a good thing. Yep, I have the compass map and big key or master key. Let's just call it the big key. Because the master key in previous Zelda games takes you to, um, you know, or yeah, can open every door. That is not what this does. It opens, well, doors with the large key, hole, and the large treasure chest. So... Eventually, I'll get to that uh, all-important treasure chest, the large one, because, well, you finally can get some stronger armor because, yeah, the green thing sucks. It's, yeah, it's time to get the stronger armor. Let's just move on with that immediately. And to actually, of course, get to that big treasure now that I have the big key and all that stuff, uh, there's uh, a hole in a room, and then there's rocks on the other side of the room, like the right side, there's a hole, left side, there's a, uh, there's rot, there's, well... The floor is cracked. Bomb the left side, of course. Fall down there. And there's your treasure chest. If you go down the right hole, you will be so angry because you'll completely waste time and have to go all the way back around because the stupid blocks don't move the way you want them to. And you're stuck. But now that I have the blue mail, I feel a billion times better. I no longer have to get... Uh, yeah, I mean, my damage will be inflicted half as much as it was before. And just a couple levels from now, I'll have the red, to, uh, the red mail or whatever. And I'll be all set to, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll be all set defensively the rest of the game. And, of course, the shield is in the same level. Pretty cool. Or at least we'll talk about that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I've said that phrase probably 50,000 times. The big door, or the door with the big key, is, of course, right after you go to the, you get the uh, blue mail. And you can continue to head forward. Unfortunately, you have a whole, you have the crystal situation more than likely to deal with, with the blue blocks in the way. Blue blocks doing what blue blocks do, block your way. 
So, you know, the whole floor tiles that rise up. It's annoying. It's it's dumb. But welcome to Zelda. Welcome to Zelda. That's all we got to say about that. Of course, falling down to those pits doesn't really help anyway. At least I don't think it does for my, my memory. Oh yeah, it will. Eventually. Yeah, you got to knock blocks down. Yeah, but it's one of these really annoying backtracking back and forth type parts of the game where you have to actually push a block down at the right spot so it's really close to a switch that needs something you know put on it unless you somehow magically have the cane from like you know a future level which you don't so and you, we're not doing that so you got to push a block down through the hole but first you got to trigger a crystal switch nearby to open that pathway up anyway in the first place so it's a really annoying part of the game, but deal with it. That's Diligent of Zelda, right? And with a, some kind of map or a player's guide or something like that, uh, you could get stuff like, you know, Game Facts, GameFAQs.com, yeah, uh, places like that. You're, you're going to probably get forgetful and frustrated along the way and what direction to go and all that. So this level, I definitely recommend any type of FAQ or player's guide because, uh, well, that's not what I'm here to do necessarily. It's to give you a podcast describing the game and the positives and negatives of it along the way and kind of doing it while playing it as well. It's, it's a fun way to do it, but it can also be tough. Just painful reminders of how freaking hard certain parts of this game can truly be. Like this freaking level, which I've never, never enjoyed this level. In fact, this was one of the reasons I stopped playing the game for a long time and didn't finish the game was because of this level. It's put into perspective of how I feel about the daunted ice palace <laughs> not to mention turtle rock coming up as well there's a lot of that kind of nonsense in that level as well and of course you use even more magic in that level this is just a freaking uh this is just an appetizer when it comes to using magic and such in a level it's just yeah it's just an appetizer this is your little shrimp appetizer this ain't no rocky's choice yet or anything like that rocky's choice is in turtle rock and one of the crucial things about when i was talking about getting to a crystal switch well, what I didn't have before was a freaking key that I needed. So make sure you pick up all the little skulls because there'll be keys underneath some of them in certain rooms, especially the busy, busy rooms where there's the green penguins running around, sliding around. Pick up all those skulls because there's about two or three rooms like that. It's an obnoxious place where you're going to slip around and crash into things and get hurt. But pick up every one of those until you know you've gotten a key because they pretty much every one of them has a key of some kind in them. Me not having that key just wasted a bunch of time. Uh, having to backtrack to find one in the level in an unknown place. See, now I'm pretty much ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I'm on the correct side and everything. Well, actually, I'm not. <laughs> because the really annoying part is where I need to push the block down is on the other side where, yeah, so I have to basically go around. And I'm not even going to bother falling because that would be stupid. So I'm going to try to basically go in a circle now to get to where I need to be to ultimately... Uh, fall down the correct hole, well, push the block down, and then fall down the hole, push the block that moves, it'll be, of course, on the left side, not the right side, the left side, the one that you can't reach right now, magically, because they want you to go the long, obnoxious, stupid way, welcome to Zelda, at least from here on, but then again, they do that even in Zelda 1, in the Death Mountain, or whatever the heck level 9 is, uh, where Link had the power, I had the mind, yeah, that was a funny Zelda rap made year, about 20 years ago, that was on, um, what do they call that thing, Napster? <laughs> do you remember Napster? So that was a fun thing for some of us that are you know, at least at least in our mid to upper 30s remember that. You have to be like maybe a super old millennial or a Gen X, obviously like me, to 
to remember Napster. Like a super old millennial, like Phil Mackey's age, maybe. Like he's about 37. He's at Score North, of course. Yes, I'm a sports fan. So sue me. No, don't sue me. Please don't sue me. I can't afford it. Just just leave me alone, okay? Just don't sue me. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not funny. I'm not funny, but I'm annoying. But I'm annoying. So, yep, now you get to the, uh, the room where there's the two holes or whatever. Fall down the right hole. The, the, the room where one of them leads to the treasure chest and the other's on the other side. Well, we already got the big treasure chest, so now we're exactly where we want to be. So all the backtracking and frustration is over. Thank you, Lord Almighty. There is a block very close to where we need to be. Push that block down, and you will open the elusive door that you could not get to before. Rhyme not intended. It just happened. And this godforsaken ice monster. That's why you got to kill them as quick as possible with that flame rod because they are the most obnoxious harassing sons of you know what's of all time sons of bitches i'm not even going to hold back the word i can drop in a swear word or two and probably not get in trouble or say holy cow this is not a clean show well those guys are the worst thing ever and i i know this show is probably not for 12 uh for for like nine-year-olds or anything so why did i go that way why did i go that way i went right I want to go down the door that actually doesn't open until you put the stinking block on it. <laughs> that would help. Now we can finally start getting excited about we're probably near the end of the level here. I think. I, I think I am, right? I think I think so. I think so. <sighs> Ugh, that's what's so annoying about this level. You just never know until you know. And of course, again, this is in that room. Uh, the room that you just got into that you couldn't reach before with pushing the block and all that. Um, open up everything, you know, like Pull the statues on the way, but even before that, go to the right side and get everything there as well, because why the heck not? Um, and whack the moles on both sides. Then you pick up the big block, fall down the hole, and this should be final fun time. It's this creature in a block of ice, kind of a cloud creature that looks almost like uh, something from uh, Kirby or something. So, of course, what do you think you're going to use here? The fire rod, at least on the ice. Yeah, it gets harder and harder as the battle continues. No surprise there. And the ice is gone. The ice is gone. And I'm damaged pretty bad, so heal up. Because I, once I got here, I was already damaged, which is annoying. But you can use your sword against the clouds. You don't have to use the fire rod. So just hack around. It splits into three. Kind of almost like three cue balls, but they're clouds instead now. And you get hit by ice blocks coming down from the ceiling, which is flipping Saunders annoying. One of them died. Thank you, Lord. Enjoy the fireworks display of one of them dying. Anyway, second one's dead. Thankfully, I still have at least one bottle of medicine remaining while avoiding the obnoxious falling ice. As I just continue to hack away with the guy. He is kaput. Fireworks display has begun. Grand finale. Isn't that cute? Heart container received. Oh, yes. And the ice palace is over. The ice palace is over. Celebrate. <laughs> or whatever you'd play. Oh, thank you, Lord. That actually wasn't as hard as it's been sometimes, but I guess it's just random experience where I just remember or I have a clue what the heck I'm doing. Link, because of you, I can escape the clutches of the evil monsters. Thank you. Isn't that interesting that every maiden says the exact same thing at the beginning? Cute, isn't it? Anyhow, they say the Hylia people controlled mysterious powers, as did the seven wise men. But the blood of the Hylia has become thin over time. 
has it now? Well, of course, you'd think so, because it's, you know, more people and spread out and all that stuff. Anyhow, we who carry the blood of the seven wise men do not possess strong power anymore either. Well, that's great. Our powers will increase if we mix the courage of the knights with the wisdom of the wise men. Only a short time remains until the gate at the castle linking the worlds opens completely. If you defeat Ganon, this world will vanish and the Triforce will wait for a new holder. I believe in you. Good luck. Do you understand? Yes. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. By the power invested within me. Okay, sorry. I don't think it's the power of Grayskull or anything, but it's something like that. Anyhow, the uh, Ice Palace is over, and part two is over, because we're already near almost two hours uh, in this particular episode. Hope you enjoyed part one. Hope you enjoyed part two. So, part three will be the conclusion, of course. And now, the conclusion. Re remember those like Star Trek, or Matlock, or DuckTales, or Chippendale Rescue Rangers? You know, when it's continued to be continued, all that stuff. Part 3 will be the conclusion, level 6, which is that swamp, the big swamp, in the southwest corner of, uh, you know, the Dark World. Turtle Rock is in the northeast corner, of course, so that's a very big, obnoxious level. And then Ganon's Tower, and then he reveals his true form, or actually he kind of does, yeah, and uh, flies and crashes into the top of the, t the pyramid, which is where the final battle begins. He crashes in there on purpose to battle you. He says, okay, you little, little whatever you are, I'm going to kick the crap out of you once and for all, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, mano a mano and all that cute stuff. Um, but that's basically going to be in part three, and of course, feedback. Feedback will be the final section of this episode. Episode 10 has three parts. Episode 10 has three parts. Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Part 2 is now over. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for Part 3 coming up in a week. <laughs>